Welcome to episode 137 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent. This is Jason. This week we've got Brax from Enslaved by Fear. Hell yes. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Actually it has. We've talked about it many times and mm-hmm. finally made it happen after all these months and actually years. That's right. <laughs> you could say because I think <laughs> the first time we talked to him was at this thing Steve Murdoch put on well over a year ago where it was... Uh, can't remember what he had it what it was called but it was that show where it was like a jam session basically uh-huh. like guys from just any band in the area showed up and then they drew numbers out of a hat and then got on stage you remember that yeah i remember yeah and then just formed a new band and then did cover songs and stuff like that yeah anyway <laughs> but yeah we're gonna get into that here in just a bit but first we need to mention this weekend we're a sponsor. Oh yeah, that's right. Of the Back to School Bash, this is being put on by Grind, but besides them, it features some great bands. We've got Scorned, Madewell, Fist of Rage, Sovereign Dame, Kick Tree, Steam Shovel, Burning Icarus. I mean, this is an all-day event. Yeah. Out at the Shrine in Tulsa. What day is that? August 5th. It's a Saturday. Yeah, it's this coming Saturday. Yeah, bring your rocking shoes. Yeah, and the best thing about this is it's only $5 or $5 worth of school supplies. Yeah. Because the point of this thing is to raise money and school supplies for kids, you know, who are in situations that can't afford it and also to help, you know, schools, you know, teachers replenish their stock, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because there's always a shortage of the stuff because it gets... More and more stuff you need every year. All that great stuff. But you know what school supplies kids need. If not, just Google. That's You'll right. find out pretty quick. Only a Google way. Yeah. Five bucks, you know, worth of school supplies is pretty easy. That's right. Go to Dollar Tree. It's that simple, people. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that lineup, just grind alone is enough to get yeah. you there. And yeah, then you throw in Fist of Rage, Scorned, Sovereign Dame, Madewell. I mean, this is great. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, we'll be there. So come out and say hi. Like I said, we're one of the sponsors. I know Sunset Tattoo, Jake, who formerly ran Downtown Lounge. Yes. He's one of the sponsors as well, the drum shop. I know there's a few others. So yeah, like I said, this weekend, back to school bash, shrine, be there. Yeah, definitely be there. Yeah, also, I saw that that same day in Dallas, Texas, Crane Technique and Caliber Theory are playing the Curtain Club. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those guys are coming up. That's great. Yeah, Caliber Theory is from the the area, but this Crane Technique's first show into Texas, so they're expanding and they need to be because yep. they're as good as any band out there. Yeah, what a way to kick off, uh, you know, your first Dallas show. Yeah, especially at a place like Curtain Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, anything else we need to talk about? Um, Man, did you listen to Rex Brown yet? Yes, but not enough to... Okay, all right. We should bump that one more episode, because I listened to three-fourths of it actually today. Oh, okay, okay. But all right, it's the well, first chance I kind of got. And... Let, yeah, give it a few more spins, and we'll get into it later on. All right. <laughs> but no, I mean, the other night I saw Scattered Hamlet for the you sure 47th did. time. How was it? What do you think the answer is? I'm pretty sure <laughs> it probably kicked ass. Yes, it did. <laughs> You know, they played Thunder Alley in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And there was a good crowd. Everybody was into it. You know, there was a good chunk of people out by the front that you could tell 
knew knew the words of the, some of the songs, awesome. and, which was great. And of course, they played the good majority of the stuff. You know, probably eighty percent of the Swamp Rebel Machine album, mm-hmm. and then they played Skeleton Dixie, Outlaw Anthem. I'm forgetting something, but the stuff they you know played from the previous. Oh, Shelter, obviously. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then they played a cover of Ace of Spades and. It was a great time. Got That's out awesome. there, you know, talked to all of them beforehand and afterwards. And Jake even came up to Tracy right at midnight after it was over and said, Happy birthday. Yes. That's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those bands, like I mentioned on the last episode, that you've got to see live to, you can appreciate the hell out of them by listening to them. Yeah, but yeah, right. yeah, you really got to see them in person. I mean, you know that as oh, well as definitely. I do. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they put on a fantastic show. It's always full of energy. You know, amazing guitar solos from Adam Newell. Yeah. And Adam Joe just is the consummate front man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if, you know, Clutch and Jackal exploded in each other. <laughs> that, nothing nothing bad can come of that, that's for sure. Definitely. He had some negative things to say about Lita Ford, though. Really? Which doesn't bother me. I love to look at Lita Ford and listen to her music. But, I, you know, he said that he met her at the, when they played Rockfest in Wisconsin, and she yeah. was kind of a bitch to him. So Really? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Yep. Just keep going. Keep yep. trucking on. Right. But another thing to point out is Big Oaky Doom opened the show. Yeah. And. I've heard that name forever. Yeah. They're from Oklahoma City. Yeah. I think uh, Andy from Archon. Okay. You know, you talked about him when he was on the podcast okay. with us. It's one of the bands he mentioned. Gotcha. But yeah, I've seen the name forever, and I've always wanted to see him because I've heard great things about him. And they're just like a power trio of like doom, basically. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, <laughs> but it's like it's got that real stoner rock vibe, but it's kind of like more of a I don't know how to put it. It's got a brightness to it, and it's not bright at all. But you know, I don't know <laughs> I, I, what the I, right I, adjective is, but. I, I get what you're saying. It's got real, that stoner element, it's heavy, it's got heavy ass, you know, a deep bass, but at the same time, it's like got classic rock elements thrown into it. Yeah. So it keeps it from being like sludgy or any doomy or anything like that. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the sword did on their newest album, but not, it doesn't sound anything like that. So I'm just, but I'm just saying in that same kind of style. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned the classic rock element, they finished with a cover of working man by rush nice and it it completely it worked perfectly with what they're doing and i mean you you can hear working man with rush and it's already got that kind of where it leans kind of dark but it it's basically it sounded like rush but just heavier you know as soon as it ended i texted trevor and said hey man (laughs) this is what just happened and he replied and said man i've been wanting to see that band forever that's amazing i can't wait so that's great (laughs) well uh that's a great rush song too that goes under the radar every now and then i will say that that is my favorite rush song of all time and i know i've said that to a couple rush fans and they are kind of taken aback (laughs) by that because but that's just that's just me you know like that straight ahead kind of fucking rock yeah (laughs) yeah that's before they really found their way there yeah so, so basically what you're saying is you're not a neil pert fan <laughs> right <laughs> no if i said that i'd be a piece of trash there you go and you're <laughs> and you're not we know that right we know that i'm not a jabroni no so here so after the show did you did you go out to the gathering of the juggalos no <laughs> but the funny thing is i was talking to adam joe after 
the concert, and he said, so the rest of my band's going together in the Juggalos. <laughs> and I'm, I thought he was joking. He's like, no, they're all going. They knew someone that got him passes to go out there. So as soon as they were loading up, done with loading up the stuff, they were all going, he said. He said, I've got, you know, we've got a show tomorrow night. I'm worn out. I'm going to take a shower and go to sleep. <laughs> but the three of them are going out to the Juggalos all night, so that's what they did. I saw them post pictures the next day, and they said it was a great fucking time. <laughs> God, God only knows what they saw. Right, especially when they're showing up at 1 or 2 in the morning. Exactly. When it, you know, I mean, if you show up at 4 in the afternoon, you're going to see some crazy shit at the Gather Juggalos, but if you show up at 1 a.m., you you're gotta good. imagine that the shit's like in full effect. Yeah, and you're, you're like, gonna see some really crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I wonder if they went to the ICP wrestling tent. Oh, I don't know. That'd be cool. Well, surely they did if they if it was going on. Knowing them, yeah, the three of them—they're all diehard wrestling fans. <laughs> well, Brax, yeah, enslaved by fear. First off, congrats to Brax and his wife. They just had a baby, baby boy this past week. Yes. So congrats to them for that. Definitely. And another thing to point out before we get into this, I saw it was just a few days, I think, after we talked to him, they announced that they're looking for a new bass player. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. he's Tony's leaving, and they said it's all under good terms. So, But they're looking for someone. So if you're a bass player in the Oklahoma area, these guys are based out of Tulsa, and they're a fantastic band. And Hit him up. Is heading up, I believe, because go check out this album, American Death Grip, and you'll you'll believe it if you love heavy metal, I That's think. That's right. This is like, what do you say, metal core, heavy metal, all kind of rolled together. If you love Kill Switch, All That Remains, that kind of stuff. Shadows Fall. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff with killer riffs, kick-ass you know, drums, and then, of course, vocals that are punishing and melodic. Yes. <laughs> They've got it. Got to sit down with him for over an hour and talk to him, have some beers, and had a great conversation. Yeah, we talked about all kinds of stuff. So let's do it. Let's get into this. This is Brax from Enslaved by Fear. Can't take it. So. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the uh, the logos, uh, Tristan and I had kind of talked about it a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the original logo was designed by, or designed by Shauna Wooten Summers, a great friend of the band. She runs our website, which is currently down because we had an issue with our, our host site. Uh, so we're going to find a new site, which is probably going to be GoDaddy or whatever. You know, just whatever's easiest, yeah. whatever's cheapest. As soon as... I remember to do that. Then we'll have the website back up. Anyway, back on subject, <laughs> the new new logo design. Tristan and I had tossed it around, tossed the idea around, uh, you know. And the other guys had mentioned it too. We really like what Shauna had had, had done for us, um, uh, and she's done work for many of my bands in the past. She does a lot of my flyers for shows when I promote shows myself and stuff. But uh, we wanted something. Because the band had changed, and we wanted something that we knew would represent our band well, uh, visually, you know, give a visual aesthetic to what we're doing, you know, as far as the, the audible sound. 
And uh, another band that I play with uh, had just gotten this incredible logo done by Christopher Horst, uh, the Horst Type Foundry. He's done logos for Wretched and uh, Battlecross. Oh, wow. Uh, Arch Spire is another one of the bands that he's done. And he did a logo for uh, Violent Victim. This band that I play bass for. And it was phenomenal. We were stoked. It looks great. And so I decided that, that based off that work, I knew and I'd seen some of his other work, he could do something completely different for us that we were going to be happy with. So we contacted him and, you know, found a, a prototype to start with and just went from there and that brought about our new font, logo, whatever you want to call it. I'm probably going to be hitting him up here soon to do an actual symbol to, for, for Enslaved by Fear and then we want to do a new t-shirt that will include the new font and the symbol. Yeah. So, because he does all that stuff, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It looks sharp. Yeah, I was I was really happy yeah. with, with with the turnout, man. It was crisp, clear, easy to read, aggressive yet elegant. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's been what a couple years since American Death Grip came out. Uh, it'll be two years September. Okay. On nine yeah. eleven. Yeah. Oh wow. Because we actually did the debut and our tour kickoff to support it on 9-11-2015. Okay. That's so. his birthday. 911. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to live with that as Yeah, they took my damn day away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shit. But no, like having almost 2 years removed from it, like how do you feel feel about it now looking back? Does uh, it live up to everything you hoped it had been? You know, it, it's it I mean, it's progression. You know, we we had the EP we put out, we were we went into the studio being 3 months old as a band. I don't even know if we no we had not played a show as a band at all yet we wanted to have an EP first I think we only played one show without a CD mm-hmm. and then we did our CD release at the downtown lounge but uh, you know and that that thing we thought was awesome and then we recorded American Death Grip with a good friend of ours Chris Cawthon up in Bartlesville and I, I was happy with it I'm still happy with it but I'm sure as soon as we produce something else I'm going to look back at it and find something. I mean, it, it still kind of feels like there's something missing in there. And I, I don't know if it's on a production level or a mastering level, which I highly doubt because Chris Cawthon is an incredible uh, <laughs> mind behind the behind the computer. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that on, on the stuff that we start working on, that that void isn't there. I don't know, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's guitars. I don't know if it's vocals or, you know, so, but it, when it bumps in my car, it sounds great. Yeah. It makes me happy. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, so what's the status on something new? Uh, you can blame me for for the further delays. I'll take the heat. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, we were a little bit of procrastinating through last year because we were on the road a lot. And that's where our main focus was. We had just signed with Voodoo Queen Management. Awesome people. Rocking the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yvonne Loveland. Uh, the CEO, she's a great lady, great network of people. Uh, Kathy Waxler with Voodoo Queen Digital Magazine. They, they all help us out so much when we're on the road. We wanted to get out there and push that we just signed with them and push the music, of course, because we hadn't had actual support to tour. Now, do we make a whole lot of money? Hell no, but we sure as hell didn't come home broke. Or I, I should say we didn't come home owing money. Right. <laughs> we came home broke, but we had, you know, we at least made it through. You know, we didn't have to kill ourselves to make it through the road and so it was great spent a lot of time on the road and then i got married last september on the 17th 
and shortly thereafter we had a baby on the way so i've been taking most of this year to try and get it, get things organized and and take care of the wife and the kids you know she let me from september 2015 till this year sp- spend most of my time focusing on the music you know working some odd jobs here and there make some money where we need it and touring when i wanted to when we could so it was my turn to get back to her and make sure that our kids are set up we got just closed on this house we're in right now two weeks ago so we got first time homeowners had the gas bill to prove it right after closing you know (laughs) we had to have a plumber come out and do six hundred dollars worth of work great because the roofers shot a nail through one of our gas pipes oh shit man uh I talked to the guy. He's cool. He's gonna make it right. So you know, it's all right. You could, you could never know. Yeah, it's no, no hard feelings there. But yeah, so I've been kind of distracted. You know, started driving trucks to make the paper that we needed to to get our lives situated here. Uh, so next year, this coming year, after things settle down here, and Tristan actually, he's got a baby on the way. He just proposed to his girlfriend last night, so they're oh, engaged wow. now. Nice. And then. We got the baby news right after that he proposed, so that was like a double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm sure he's going to spend some time focusing on that. We want to make sure that our, you know family lives are taken care of because they've let us. You know, he's been with her longer than Carly and I have been together. Mm-hmm. So, and she's been faithful and great to him through all the road time. And you know, uh, well, I guess he got way wasted one time. We went to the titty bar in Peoria. And he didn't even make it through the door. <laughs> but <laughs> So the rest of us enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. So hope, hope we, we've got the American Death Group, or not, not and What We Trust Part Two's written. Uh, we, we've got that song uh, pretty much set. You know, we've got scratch tack tracks as far as the instruments go, and we've got the lyrical concept, melodies, patterns. Uh, I talked to a buddy of mine. I want to try and get a single out. That'll probably be one of them. Uh, Tristan's got a couple other songs that he really likes off the album, so if it's one that I don't have lyrics to already, we'll hopefully have at least something out here soon. Yeah. That's something we can figure out as a band and see what we want to do there. That's a recent development, so we haven't even really talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, the writing, how does that come about? Is it just one guy mainly, or does everybody kind of throw in? Or Everybody gets their, their say. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody thinks something would sound better here, then... We try it, whatever sounds best. As a group, we decide. Uh, the majority of the writing, Tristan does. As far as the instrumentation, though, he puts together the guitars, both rhythm and lead, because we don't have a rhythm guitar player. He's got to record all the rhythm guitars, and then we track them in live, or whatever he's not playing, because sometimes he'll play the rhythm to make it easier to sing, but, of course, all the solos he plays actually plays live. Yeah. No cheating there. You know? <laughs> If we had a, another guitar player that could hold hold his own on stage, get along with us, and and play the licks, we, we'd happily take him. Yeah. Uh, and we've, we've talked about some people. We'd love to have another guitar player, but until then, we'll do that. Yeah. Anyway, and then I write the lyrics and vocals to it. Mm-hmm. Tristan has a lot of input. He, he generally gives me a song title or idea for the song, and then I'll write the lyrics around the concept. And if I feel the the title needs a change, then we discuss a title change, uh, whether it's the same concept or what. It just maybe I didn't write it, and it didn't the the phrase or the word doesn't encompass the actual song, even though it's got the same meaning he wanted. So, uh, fall apart. He actually wrote 
on the American Death Grip album. Even lyrically? Yeah. Um, he wrote the lyrics. Uh, he'd never written mel- vocal melodies or anything like that, and so he asked me to help him with that. So we got that was that was I used his uh, lesson for him because he was really inconfident lack of confidence in his vocals back then too so we got to spend one-on-one time to work on his vocals because he sings a good portion of that song live too just because it it means so much to him he's put everything into that song it's all his you know i wrote the vocal melodies he stamped the approval on everything if he had a problem with something he'd say it and we'd work on it so he wanted a good portion to sing live on that song so he it was a good opportunity for him. Yeah. And yeah. now now he does quite a bit vocally alive, whether it's backups or the bullet for my Valentine cover that we do live. He sings pretty much all the main vocals and I just do the screaming and you know, low harmonies and stuff. Yeah. Just nice. Gives me a chance to breathe. Well so are you saying like he'll write a come up with a concept and say this is what I want the song to be about and then you write it lyrically? Yeah. Is that I what mean, you meant by that? I mean okay. he, he, you know, he kinda gets an emotion behind the guitar, the, the guitar notes. Sometimes he gets a feeling, a vibe, or something that he feels like it should be about. Now, I mean, I, I have the option to try and sway him from that. If if I've got, if it's just something that I feel so strongly about, I have asked him to let me change it and do something a little different because maybe I had a vocal thought that popped into my head that instantly fit, and I felt like it was necessary to keep with that. That doesn't happen. I think that maybe happened once on American Death Grip. And then all of Envy was pretty much, there was little bits of input. Uh, in What We Trust, we wanted a song for the troops, so that was a given. But I was already on board with that prior to joining up with these guys anyway. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, other than that, some songs he just says, here's a song, do whatever you want. And I do. And if he has any questions or problems, he voices them to me. And same with all the members. It's just, as for, on the writing aspect, it's... Tristan and I mostly, mostly because Tristan writes all the music. He wants to make sure that the vocals and everything are going to mix well. So, and then everybody else, if they have any problems, of course, we all we all voice their concerns. So, it's not like we're forcing everything down everybody's throats. Yeah. If they don't like something, if someone really doesn't like something, it just doesn't happen because mm-hmm. it's all our music in the end. It might be him putting most of the time in writing everything, and then me writing the lyrics. But it's still all of us that got to express it on stage. So we all have to be passionate behind it 100 percent yeah well what about you mentioned vocally like how do you guys do you decide that while you're writing like this is where i'm going to scream this is where we're going to sing like between the the growling and the <laughs> actual singing i don't like how does that come about when you're writing i kind of just listen to the song and, and go with i i try to go with the the clean melodies first because they're harder Obviously, you know, it sounding pretty and writing a hit song was easy. Everyone would do it, right. you know. Uh, but, you know, especially when I joined the band, too, I was a death metal elitist at the time. You know, <laughs> if you clean sing, you're a bitch. They're like, you had me try out, and I just gutter rolled all through the what what is now, I think, is it was Envy or Jump. Get off your ass, off the EP. Uh, so I just gutter rolled through the whole thing. And they're like, damn, you got some brutal vocals. Can you sing? Do I have to? <laughs> you know? So uh, after that, I tried to you know, find find places to put the clean vocals first because I knew I could always write. 
decent patterns for the death metal stuff or screaming vocals, however you want to refer to it. But I mean, as far as I don't, I don't go into anything expecting to do something. I don't like because the one song that they thought was going to be completely brutal, like uh, off of American Death Grip, "I'll Be at My Fray," uh, "Work Makes Free" is the English translation. Mm. Like they thought with the riffage that that was going to be straight balls deep and death metal vocals. Yeah, there's hardly any screaming on that song. <laughs> so <laughs> it just I don't know. It, Kind of, kind of started getting into a little bit of Breaking Benjamin at the time too, and I was kind of digging how he would write these really groovy breakdowns, but just be beautiful vocals on top of it. And at the time, I was really getting into him, so I kind of, I think that kind of influenced me a bit there because mm-hmm. it was pretty groovy riffs and RBA. Yeah. What did you sing clean before? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I mean, I had experience. I was I was in choir in middle school and high okay. school, and I did national and regional competitions through that. So, I mean, I liked singing at one point. I just got so into death metal and the elitist attitude that I didn't even give anything with clean singing much of a chance unless it was, like, old school, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then I broke that mindset, and now I listen to a lot of bitch music, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. When you're when you're writing lyrics, I mean, do you ever get stumped? I mean, what do you do to get out of that rut? Oh, do you, I don't. Yeah, I get stumped. Uh, sometimes I don't know if I can get out of it or not. Sometimes I I, I feel like I could have done better. You know, I mean, but maybe that's every you know every musician says that I yeah. that I talk to. If you don't feel like you could have done better, you're not a real musician. So right. I I don't you know. Generally, I'll set it aside, and if I can't come up with something. In a, in a decent time frame, I'll try to move on to something else, come back to it later with a fresh mind, different melodies in my head. Yeah. Because you get doing the same thing over and over again, everybody gets burnt out on it at some point. So just try to not get to that burnout point, yeah. come back to it, keep it something that is still emotional and fresh. Yeah. It's the more emotion that you feel when, when I'm writing lyrics, I feel it. it it's it, to me, it's better. It, it, you can come across, you know, you can try and, when, especially with, with shows or whatever, you know. When, uh, here I lay is about how uh, I have a daughter in Oregon whose life I'm not allowed to be a part of. Uh, mother and I don't get along very well. There's no paternity test or proof that she is my daughter, so I don't have any rights, um, and I can't exactly afford a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that aside, you know, I, I wrote, I wanted to write a song, you know, Tristan looked at me and he said, try some, try to write something emotional, pick a song that actually matches with you and, and, and hits home with you. So I tried that. And the first time that I sang that song live, looking at people, I mean, it felt, it felt different because I try to make eye contacts with, with the fans in the crowd. You know, I, it's not everybody all the time, you know, but yeah. I try to bring them in like, like I would want someone to do for me because we're entertainers when we're on stage we want to bring our crowd in keep them entertained I just felt different connection there so ever since then I tried to find something that I can connect with on a on a level personally that I feel like maybe somebody else did too so a lot of the album ended up being about trying to better yourself you know not giving up knowing that you know maybe eventually something's not working out right now but just keep going yeah. It's always going to be there. So in, in a way, it, it ended up kind of being a concept album 
that really actually ended up having nothing to do with the, with the title of the album. Mm-hmm. It's just the title of the album was what we were really passionate about when it when it came across to us. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's all about self improvement, bettering yourself. You know, you know, uh, was it overnight? It's about you know, nothing nothing happens overnight. So that's yeah. where the title of the song came from. Is that saying? So yeah, well, you mentioned touring earlier and I know last year you guys did some pretty lengthy tours like you did the east coast and the west coast right uh we didn't quite go east coast but we did do like or like midwest maybe you know out east of here east of east of tulsa so you know we did you know down texas over uh louisiana tennessee okay uh well i think we had the date canceled in tennessee or kentucky or whatever but you know illinois missouri Kansas, whatnot. We didn't quite get any response. I, I don't have any good luck booking. That's why we're so grateful to be with our management yeah. company. But the, the contacts that I was working out for the actual East Coast, we didn't quite get a response back in time. So, okay. But yeah, we were able to go west in 2015. We made it out there and played a show in Vegas. That was fun. Stayed at the Flamingo. Drank way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy to do there. Yeah. I think they got rid of, people keep telling me they got rid of the comp drink service. Oh. But they didn't when we were there. And Ben and I found the sweet spot where all the fucking people come for their drinks. Yeah. Or the, the waitress staffs. Oh, not. Yeah. So we just sat on those machines and I was winning too. Not big. You know, I was like, I put in 20 bucks and I had 75 in there. So I'm like, Whee! Yeah. Whiskey. <laughs> and Ben's on the three machines down or whatever. Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Ten of them later, we're like, maybe we should go to bed. Yeah, the sun's coming up. We got to play a show tonight, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to go to Salt Lake City, Utah to play a Metro oh, no. bar. <laughs> and so Ben and I are in the back of the van. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And we ate Chipotle. Big oh, mistake. No. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of annihilating toilet stops. <laughs> <laughs> And we've all been there. Right. We've all been there. <laughs> I wish it was an RV. Then we could have at least kept driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> well, what's your guys' go-to on the road, like, besides Chipotle? Is it, like, truck stop food, or is it, like, trying to be healthier, or do you guys just do whatever you We do try to be healthier. Um, I mean, you got to go with what you can afford. You know, sometimes you got... You've you've had a couple successful shows. You've sold a lot of merchandise. You had a good crowd, so you got a decent door split, or you had a good upfront guarantee. Because let's be honest, you you know we're not big level. We're not getting great guarantees at every show if we're getting a guarantee. Mm-hmm. And then during the weeknights, sometimes they just want to do a door split because well they don't know you, so they want to get you in here so you see if they want you back. Yeah. So you know, but you do all right. So maybe you treat yourselves a couple of times. Try to you know I try to stick to salads. And, you know, proper balance of, you know, vegetables and, and meats rather than doing the McDonald's thing. Yeah. But at some point on being on the road, you, you do the McDonald's thing because yeah. that's what you got money for. Right. Dollar so, menu is going to happen. Right. Dollar menu does happen. <laughs> and then you don't eat McDonald's after you come back for a few months. So, yeah. <laughs> or at least a couple of weeks. Right. I don't know. that the, Now that they were doing the, I don't think they were doing the all-day breakfast menus when we were 
doing that. Yeah. Because that was new. That was recent. Yeah. I like for breakfast. <laughs> I do hot cakes all day long. Yeah. Yeah, I could do a sausage biscuit for dinner any time, I think. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, now, you know, now, now I'm a truck driver, too. So, I, you know, oh, I, live, right. I live the, the in essence, the tour life without the glory every day, all day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I'm a, I get a little bit better bed in my big rig than I do in the back of that van, but, <laughs> you know, uh, so I just try to keep healthy because there's, there's a lot of beer, so you got to make up for it somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, uh, you know, being a truck driver and then, you know, being gone from family and then juggling, you know, the band and touring and stuff, how, how do you, how do you kind of make that all work where everyone's happy? Well, I mean... Like I said, it's been pretty much focused on the family life lately. Yeah. We, we've done, did quite a bit in the last year. And, you know, we made the, the, the big steps to get us there the year before. And so we, we were definitely happy, not not satisfied, but happy with what we did. We want to keep going as far as the satisfaction goes. We want to keep pushing forward. All of us do, but at the same time, all of us are family, too. Not not in the sense of oh that's my that's my guitar player that's my brother no that's that's my guitar player that's my brother in law the bass player is my brother in law and the drummer's my brother in law so <laughs> I'm married to my band member's only sister okay I didn't know that <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> so literally we are family uh, if we get pissed off at each other and and want to strangle each other which has happened I think. Ben strangled. No, he just threw me up against the wall. But it was deserved. I did try. I tried to strangle him. So. <laughs> he was just doing something. Right? <laughs> it had been a long, long, long. We'd been on the road a lot. And that was at some point last year. Some drama happened, whatever. We got upset. It happens. But we're family. So family comes first. We yeah. got to focus on our family lives. So it, it hasn't been too big of a deal. You know. With this, this is gonna be my last kid anyway, probably. I mean, unless one comes along by accident, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I want to focus on. You know, I, want, I want, I want there to be a life after children too. You know, yeah. I love, I love my kids, and I'm looking forward to having my son. Don't get me wrong, but I do look forward to being that 50 year old dude sitting on the front porch saying, "Fucking kids, stay off my grass." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no I, but. Uh, uh, you, you gotta family means everything to us mm-hmm. so it, it hasn't been too big of a deal and if anybody anyone in the band has had too big of a problem with it they understand enough to let it slide yeah so and, and I've appreciated my guys so much for supporting me with letting me take care of my family yeah. so it means a lot to me definitely well I'll swap out beers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I saw this thing you posted probably a couple weeks ago where you said uh Two things you want to do music right musically right now are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you wanted to be in a top notch cover band, or you want to do something that was what did just, you say, dirtiest tuning you could get a guitar in. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. It's just just some. You know, you especially at our level, you know, and you never know if you're ever going to make it any any further, or if you're going to just regress and crawl back into a garage. You know. It happens. I've seen it go both ways. Some great local bands fall apart. Some great local bands become, you know, what Agony scene was for Tulsa. Yeah, right. And, you know, and then shit fell apart for them, too. Shit happens. So, you know, uh, on a personal level, 
it just because I, you know, I love what Enslaved by Fears doing. Enslaved by Fears, you know, in the mainstream kind of metal, we can go brutal, and we have Avidity off the album that has no clean scene, straight death metal, or I guess it's not death metal with the guitar riffs, but you know, yeah. it's brutal. And then we've got Fall Apart, that's beautiful, sweet melodies, and it's fun to do. But I also was an elitist, so I want to do just some stuff that Enslaved by Fears is never going to do, but I want to do it vocally because, like I said, I also play bass for Violent Victim, and that's death metal, and it's fun, and I love playing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the band, obviously, because <laughs> you got to love it to do it. But um, just seeing a lot what a lot of bands are doing and experimenting, and not even necessarily going to a brutal death metal sense, but like what the guys in Screaming Red Mutiny are doing. They, they've got, you know, that seven string guitar they drop got that drop tuning it, it fits sprout's voice perfectly uh you know he's not having to force himself too hard to get the notes at the top of the the song's range and a great groove to go with it yeah. you know it's got a i'm really digging what they're doing uh you know and then their bands like volumes on a national level volumes has got seven eight string guitars or whatever it is you know and they've got this brutal low tuning but they you know keeping the the extended range guitars in there so they can hit those beautiful solos and stuff and i'm just really liking what's coming out with those possibilities whether it's rock and roll like screaming red mutiny or you know the metalcore like volumes or bone of born of osiris within the ruins they all use those tunings as well i want to play with it yeah. i just don't know anybody else that does right now <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anything like that would be any more than a studio project. I just want to hear what, what I could come up with. I'm not a great guitar player, though, so I can't write my own stuff. <laughs> well, as far as the cover band side of things, is that something... Because to do that to make money, you probably have to do like Jesse's Girl and shit like that, right? Well, <laughs> I, actually, yeah. uh, the, the, the idea came about, I was talking with one of our Voodoo Queen management brothers in Maximus, uh, I get bored on the road, and I, I do a lot of talking on the phone. Because we played what, them before, by the way. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 cool guys. Yeah, great rock and roll. And uh, we're working on scheduling a winter tour. So talking about getting back in the swing of things next year. It's already in motion. Mm-hmm. We just got to. We've got a new idea that we're throwing out there, and that's where this cover tune thing came about. As he and I were talking, we make we're making jokes, talking shit on cover bands, like we all do. Because we get jealous about them making four thousand dollars a night, and we're making two hundred. You know, it's like motherfucker. What? (laughs) I wrote my shit. (laughs) You know, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, his words, not mine. A bad day playing covers on stage is still better than a good day in a cubicle. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we decided we were going to do a tribute band. Uh, we're gonna see how it works out and see if it works out. Uh, most of the guys, I guess, they already know the stuff. Um, and then I'm gonna play bass for it, so it'll be pretty much Maximus minus their bass player, and I'll be playing bass for them, doing backup vocals. Uh, and we're gonna have them headline this tour so we can support the Pearl Jam tribute band on tour. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you know that way. That way, you know. I mean, we'll, Enslaved by Fear, as far as it goes to fit in, because obviously Enslaved by Fear doesn't exactly fit with Pearl Jam. We get that. Uh, so we'll, we'll play like a more rock and roll set to fit in with Maximus and uh, the Pearl Jam tribute. So 
that way we can you know book a couple of casino gigs and make some real money yeah. to yeah. to cover our real endeavors. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then if that works out, uh, cool. Uh, I think we're going to try and make that our daytime jobs and try and keep consistent gig, uh, gigs booked with a tribute band, make some money, and, you know, let people hear some Pearl Jam. Because I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Pearl so, Pearl right? Have uh, you, do you have a name yet? No. I, we're still <laughs> just talking about it. Um, I've got... Because you know it's got to be a song title or like a pun. Well, <laughs> you know, I've actually thought about it. I haven't talked to him or any of them about it, but I don't want to do that because if in the event we decide we want to learn other covers and not just oh, do right. the Pearl Jam thing, yeah. then we could say, okay, we can do, book our the Pearl Jam tribute or we can book a cover band, let the venue pick. Yeah. more options you can provide, the more money you're capable of making. True. So it's strictly a business endeavor that we can drink beer and have fun you know right. so uh we'll see how it works out i hope it works out because uh, it, it'll only help our original bands out yeah. in the long run and that's the goal there so we're not starving on tour and you know if we can get the right bookings if we can get our show and get our sound right to where it's quality you know we can make the money and send some money home and pay some bills not have to stress about being on the road all the time that's right right so then have our original bands open up. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that you got to do it that way, but, I mean, that's that's what the industry is calling for on yeah. a bar level. Uh, on a bar level? What are you talking about? Bad Fish plays canes. Yeah. <laughs> so what am I saying, yeah. man? You know, and that's a, the biggest, one of the biggest tribute bands next to the Kiss tribute bands, the Maiden tribute bands, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and then some friends of mine, uh, Cemetery Gates, Oh, the yeah. Pantera tribute band out of Peoria, those guys are good. So, but they all make good money yeah. Yeah. when they're on the road. They don't have to worry about stuff, and I like that concept. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the one that's like called Slay Terica or something like that, where they combine they do Slayer, Pantera, and Metallica covers. Yeah. Oh, nice! Yeah. And the logos like the three it's, mixed together. <laughs> yeah, I think I've all, seen that before. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I kind I kind of feel ashamed because I've I've shit talked. Cover bands. I got so many friends that have been in cover bands, and I fuck with them. Yeah. They know I love them, and I support them too. Yeah. But <laughs> and now I'm doing it. So all you guys, anybody, <laughs> my friends that I've made fun of throughout the years, you can fuck with me now. Turn it on you, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, what's your favorite Pearl Jam songs? As far as if you're looking forward to playing, uh, how do you be honest? Like, uh, Pearl Jam was the one that we picked. Mostly because they knew, and because Pearl Jam, a lot of people know Pearl Jam. As far as what I like, that's pretty much the radio stuff. Because I, I'm not like the, oh dude, I gotta get that new Pearl Jam album. At, right. at any point in my life, did I did I ever say, I have to get that new Pearl Jam album? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, there there isn't a song that I don't like from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you play Pearl Jam, I'm gonna be happy. So it's, I had no problem. He said, well, why don't we do Pearl Jam? Like, All right, well. Let's give it a try and see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm down to try anything if I can have some fun and make some money while I'm having fun. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a good idea. We'll see where it goes. Bands that kind of fit right in between everything and yeah. draw fans from both sides. You know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, you know, nobody hates them. No, yeah. you know, I, I I don't think I've ever heard anybody say. Fuck, bro, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and if they did, I'd probably slap them. But you know, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, maybe we'll. Is it too soon to do Soundgarden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you do it right now, it seems like you're just trying to. Right. <laughs> right. Capitalize on hanging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Right. Yeah. All right, I'll stop. I'm gonna... Some people are going to crucify me. <laughs> I love Chris Cornell, man. He was such a fucking inspiration. Yeah, man, that was messed Vocally up. growing up, man. Oh, yeah. Spoon Man was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah, he's huge, huge Soundgarden fan. That was the only reason I wanted to go to Rockland this year, aside from mm-hmm. all, all, all my buddies on all the stages that I, I wanted to support. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just, the ticket prices keep going up. So if, yeah, if, if the lineup isn't stacked for me, it's I can't justify the money, yeah. especially because the you know just started the new job too on top of it, taking the time off work. Yeah, we were trying to buy the house and that wasn't going to work out very well. So, but so was next year. That's yeah. right. Maybe we can you get the know. the Rock on the Range lineup and Rock on the Range can get our lineup. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. about time that happened, right? Yeah. Come on, give us some Metallica, damn it! <laughs> That's right. The Okies like our rock and roll and metal. Yeah, don't yeah, judge us because most of us wear shit kickers. <laughs> they still listen to metal too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. Well, speaking of Oklahoma, like we always like to ask people around here, like being a musician in the Tulsa music scene, what are your thoughts on? the state or the current state of Tulsa's music scene. I, I couldn't be prouder. I'm yeah. not going to lie, dude. I, <laughs> I hate Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Tulsa. Yeah. End of story. Uh, you know, we always have a good response in Oklahoma City, too. Uh, but we're an outside band coming to OKC, and they support us great there. I can, you know, our, our fan base has been building, and we love playing there. Uh whether it's for the Proctors or Jerry Church, it don't matter. We love playing Oklahoma City, but Tulsa, it's it's family, man. Even the bands that you know, it's like these motherfuckers. When it comes down to it, they've got your back, and you've got theirs in this yeah. scene. You know, it. You had a specific someone <coughs> that was ripping off bands <laughs> and shit, and I didn't. You know, we didn't realize how deep it was going because nobody was really talking, and then once. Someone started talking. Everybody started talking. We realized this guy's got to fucking go. Yeah, and they did. I don't think there's a venue owner that'll allow them to book a show. And if they do, I will happily show up and support. <laughs> Wink, Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. I mean, you know, there there was there was a. I don't know if it was a joke survey or not. I think it was done by one of one of the actual digital metal magazines that has some credibility like metal injection or metal sucks or something like that. But there was, there was this thing that they posted of the best and worst cities to play in the country. And it, you know, gave bads X color and goods, this other color. Tulsa was good. And like, it was, it was to get on the good side. It was, it was listed on like one of the top five best cities to play or, and I don't think that was necessarily based on a national level because we don't get a whole lot of the really good nationals because we're a smaller city, mm-hmm. even though we are a decent sized city. Yeah. But anytime I bring a band to come play with us, it, whether it's small venue or big venue or packed crowd, small crowd, they have a great time. Yeah. They enjoy playing for Tulsa and they enjoy hanging out with the, the fans in Tulsa. And the fans treat them right. And for the most part, 
the venue owners and the promo promoters treat them right. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when people start screwing around and trying to tarnish that name, then the scene unites and says, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's uh, you can't put a price on that. That's great. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I've, I've been playing in Tulsa for 10 years about, you know, I've been here my whole life. I grew up in Oregon uh, mm-hmm. and I've played shows all over Oregon, a little bit of California, whatever. The best place to play, the best scene that I've ever seen is Tulsa. Because it's actually, it's not just bands playing club, a circuit of clubs. These bands get out there and they might not make it to every show, but they come. Yeah. At some point, you'll see them. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether, you know, I see the guys in Driver, I see the guys in Grind, I see the guys in uh, Fist of Rage, Less Than Human, Screaming Red Mutiny, all the time at our shows. Yeah. You know, and it's part of why we moved here to Skytook. Uh, you know, my wife doesn't like the big city idea. Tulsa's a big city to her. She didn't want to live in the city. Mm-hmm. That many people, traffic, whatever. I tried to get her to move to Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we settled on, on Skytook, good school system for the kids. And, and now when, oh, shoot, there's a show going on tonight that we didn't know about. We can go down there and support our friends too. Yeah. So yeah. it it was a lot that had a lot to do with it because we both loved the, the yeah. music scene. So, awesome. Well, you played a lot. I mean, you guys play a lot of shows in Bartlesville. Like, how's the turnout there usually? Is it? It's I mean, not is bad. Is there a good fan base there? It's, like, it, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Bartlesville's starving for something other than Red Dirt. Now, no offense to any of my Red Dirt friends mm-hmm. because good music's good music. If you're good at it, you're good at it. Yeah. And I respect it all musicians from any genre even if I don't like it yeah but that's all there is Angelo's Tavern has nothing but red dirt you can ask their sound guy a bunch of great bands you got red dirt country and classic rock and roll is pretty much all you're gonna get there they used to do uh well I take the Fist of Rage plays there a lot and they've, they've been a hometown band for you know before I started playing and in Bartlesville, Tulsa, or whatever, because yeah. I started learning with those guys. Those guys were teaching me back in the day with their original lineup, uh, and those guys get are like one of the heaviest bands that Angelos will allow. Uh, we played there once, and we had it packed. We we uh, Fist of Rage had to pack up and split, so they were loading up, making sure as soon as the show's over, they could head. To Waco, I think they had to make it to whatever, and uh, this, that bar was packed to bar close. Yeah, still, anytime I try to book a show there, no one ever answers. Me. <laughs> so we we did a uh, uh, Kendall, the vocalist for Violent Victim. He did with uh, Tristan from Enslaved by Fear and the drummer for Violent Victim. He uh, they they put together this women's club show, hundred cap place. We had Jay and Brenda from. Uh, five minutes alone. Edges effort come run sound and lights for us. Uh, when slayed by fear, violent victim. Uh, some other, a bunch of other bands. I, I'm brain farting. I can't. I'm horrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I got pretty drunk. <laughs> uh, sanity. Damn it. It's from okay. Tulsa. Searching for Sanity. Searching for Sanity, yes. Because I hadn't seen those guys in forever. So they came up and played with us. 
But anyway, it was packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did... Uh, our drummer, Ben, put together a show up at the Heritage Theater in Dewey, which is just basically a burb of Bartlesville. Yeah. They're pretty much connected. Might as well be the same town. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we found out she was willing to give us a shot. So okay, well, you know, we charge a cover. We'll take the cover, and you keep whatever else. You know, that way she's not losing any money. We used her sound system, and which was any whatever. You know, decent turnout. She made a lot of money at the bar, and we had a bunch of kids there because it's an all age community center. But it's got a full service restaurant, bar, and grill, so you can get yeah. food, beer, and all that till bar close. So she gave us a shot. We did a good turnout, and then we did another show there again that I booked and promoted, and then again brought Jane Brenda to run lights and sounds. We had Edges F for five minutes alone, brought Grind up there, Enslaved by Fear, Violent Victim. We had uh, some kids out of Tulsa called Free Candy, Punk Rock. I think that was like their first or second show ever. Mm-hmm. So, um, good two, three hundred people or whatever, you know, it was a good, good turnout. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if, if some, if a bar would allow it to happen, it would, yeah. it would be awesome and they'd eat it up. There's people to support it. It's just the industry doesn't, Yeah. you know, so yeah. that's why we're, we're originally from Bartlesville and the whole band started off in Bartlesville. Now Ben, well, I think he actually just moved back to Bartlesville. He was living in Tulsa. Tony lives in Tulsa now. I live in Skytook, but we've always claimed Skytook is our hometown because Tol- or Tulsa as our hometown because Tulsa has always supported us. Yeah. Whether it's the promoters, the other bands, the fans, Tulsa's always been the strongest for us. Yeah. We can pull a crowd in Bartlesville, and we have a bunch of loyal fans up there. Don't get me wrong, but Tulsa, <clears throat> the city herself, has helped us. Yeah. Whereas it's only been the fans there to support us in Bartlesville, and sometimes. You gotta, you gotta have the fans speak out a little louder, and I think they're starting to realize that in Bartlesville mm-hmm. with what we've been doing up there. Edge Zephyr's been, you know, helping. They've been pushing. I mean, they're a little on the softer edge, rock and roll, but you know, I, I think they're starting to realize up there that they can make some money off of the metal. Yeah, it's more common than everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's what people are failing to realize. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I ramble. No, no, that's good. That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> I go off on tangents, man. <laughs> well, speaking of passionate fans, I saw you got the oh yeah CFH, and I've got I've got that as well. Yep. And I saw recently that Magic had oh yeah the EXF on the, the side of his, on his neck. neck. Like, so what's that mean to you as a musician to see someone do something that dedicated to what you've created? See, you don't. I, I try to put on this facade like I'm some some badass asshole but I'm really really a softie so I, it, it kind of got me a little teary eyed when he actually went through it yeah because well I mean not not literally but I did get a little choked up I'm not gonna yeah Shh, I cried <laughs> <laughs> no uh, it man's awesome to, to know that somebody else out there loves it enough to permanently ingrain it in their skin but not and, and in his specific instance, it's not anywhere. Okay, I can go to work. Let's cover it up now. Yeah, yeah. Ed is on his neck. That is where yeah. it, that is out for everyone to see, one hundred percent of the time. And he loves us that much. I mean, we're not just a band to him; he's our family. Because I've known Magic for years, long before Enslaved by Fear was ever a thought. Magic has always been a good friend of mine, through some good times and some bad. That man has brought a smile on my to- my my face at, at times when he probably didn't even know that it was necessary and if it wasn't for him I would have had a shitty fucking night yeah 
Mm-hmm. And so he he supports us. You know, he, he's not just a fam. That guy specifically is family. Yeah. You know, outside of, you know, what his support for Enslaved by Fear. Yeah. So that's just, to him, that's just him supporting his family, his brothers. Yeah. It, it ain't no thing. We show him love. He shows us love. Yeah. You know, we're there for each other, good times and bad. But it meant a lot. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be happier to know that someone loves us that much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, for sure. You got any other bands on you besides Pantera? Um, yeah, uh, I got. When I was seventeen, I got this Mudvayne tattoo on my calf. Oh yeah, it's yeah. how the the font from how they wrote it on the album LD Fifty, yeah. all spaced and lowercase, little lowercase, uh, yeah, yeah, big case, lowercase. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was actually done with a G string off my bass. Like the, the guy didn't have any because it was like prison style tattoo. Oh wow! That, that, that. <laughs> like, <laughs> need I even say there might have been narcotics involved? <laughs> but <laughs> it was worth it. And uh, a week later, I went to Mormon church camp. <laughs> I got in trouble. <laughs> Needless to say. Being the only 17-year-old Mormon at Mormon church camp with a tattoo, I, I don't think that went over very well with my parents. I didn't get grounded, though. I think I, I had already moved out, so we were good. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I've got my Eddie. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Yes. I got, uh, awesome. I got that done the day after we saw him at the BOK Center yeah. in Tulsa. That was oh, wow. my first time ever seeing Iron Maiden yeah. in my favorite city in the world, Tulsa. And... Yeah, it, it was necessary. Definitely. Put it on there. I, I, I've always thought about it, but I always think, you know, man, if you haven't seen them, like, the, the CFH is the one thing where you can say, well, I, I never saw Pantera, but I got the tattoo that yeah. I think is kind of acceptable because you're never going to see Pantera. Yeah. You know, so if you're never going to get to see the band, like now Soundgarden, I yeah. feel that's acceptable. But as far as, if they're still out there touring, you gotta you got to earn that right to get the tattoo, <laughs> yeah. I feel. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, and all that, you know, Dino, he's he did that, and the CFH and my EXF and some of that. This is the album art or the T-shirt art, the heart from our tank tops and ladies scoop neck tees. And uh, he actually helps the the Tulsa music scene too. With you know, anytime Steve Murdoch needs to raise some money for like a lot of fest, when, yeah. we, when we did that, Dino gave away some tattoo coupons mm-hmm. for. Oh, yeah. Murdoch to raffle to try and raise some money for those for his wife and son so yeah that's that's where I get all my tattoos I gotta put that out there I can't leave my artist hanging you know <laughs> so if you need some ink go to Broken Arrow Main Street Zen Tattoo tell Dino up Rax from Enslaved by Fear sent you I'm just like nice. <laughs> it's fast clean work as you see you yeah. know so yeah yeah um, I'm actually thinking about getting the Incubus light grenade on my hand right here to go with the rest of it. Oh, yeah. And then I want the Sublime Sun on my elbow. Nice. nice. If, if, if... That's he, a good cross-section of yeah. right? styles of music there, too. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I decided to do. I was going to actually do this concept on this leg because I started the mud vein down here and I was just going to get all my bands. Mm-hmm. When I really wanted my forearms covered, when I went in to get my forearms done, I had the appointment set up. I had officially decided on what I was going to get. So I finally decided to start this. Yeah. So I put the microphone on there. The microphone was done by somebody else. Good work, <laughs> but not my artist. So. Yeah. 
just just a one time deal. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what this whole sleeve is gonna be is music. I'm probably gonna get you know up on my biceps some mountains because I'm from Oregon mm-hmm. and I miss the mountains. Yeah, uh, you know if I could get mountain or the waves crashing up on some mountains or something like that to go in with it, it'd yeah. be pretty savage. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I'll get my you know the heart. Oregon and Hart, Oklahoma, somewhere in my chest. Yeah. Like the green heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I like it out here, but it, I mean, the, the, the reason why I say I hate Oklahoma, but I love Tulsa is because it's so flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a different type of beauty, man. You get to experience everything with the seasons. Yeah. yeah. Oregon is green, beautiful, and ready to go all the time. Yeah. You know, it's I kind of took that for granted growing up there. I miss it now, but I'll see her again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma, you got to go way west or way southwest or southeast to get yeah. any, well, any kind of hillage. Or... Yeah. I used to do a lot of rock climbing and rappelling and stuff when I was in high school and before I moved out here in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much place to do that. No. I, don't, I don't. They don't even have... I, I'm pretty sure they do now, but back when I first moved here, I don't think they had any rock climbing gyms or anything yeah. like that either. So I just kind of let it go, and now I probably just kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I can repel, but anybody can go down the hill. You know? Yeah. yeah. There used to be one in an industrial, whatever, like in East Tulsa. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like, like I had heard building, something oh, like okay. that. That big sign, but I don't know if it's there anymore. I have no clue. I heard at one point that we we had we had gotten one, and I just I'd never gone there, so yeah. I didn't know, and I never hear anything. I don't. It, this isn't really a rock climbing community, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, you because know, most most of the those people too is it's a lot more than just a, a pastime. It becomes a yeah. you know you're kind of an eco nut too. Those, those rock climbers, yeah, they're out there. You know, in some cases, drilling holes in the side of the the rock face to set permanent anchor points for future climbers to be safe. For those ones that don't know how to climb and set their own anchors properly, mm-hmm. so they're not risking their lives. Yeah. And a lot of people think that that's the facing, but it really isn't, because that's about the only thing that they are doing. Also, what they're doing out there is cleaning up. Yeah. If anybody yeah. trashes one of their spots and they find out who does it, some of those guys get serious, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I just did it recreational. I wasn't yeah. too into the yeah. the hippie stuff. <laughs> don't get me wrong I don't like littering but yeah, yeah. I, was, I just I just wanted to climb and see if I was going to kill myself right. it was a rush nice. <laughs> well final question for you playing bass with Vinyl Victim singing with Enslaved by Fear when you get on stage playing bass do you start twitching or anything wishing you were I, n- screaming the whole time or what it's uh I don't know, it's different personas. I mean, it's still me, but it's different sides of me. Because when I started playing in Tulsa, I played bass for Divine Heretic back in 2009, 10, whatever. You know, and that's that's where I started was on bass. I started playing bass. My dad played bass. He actually played a band called Thrasher in Sacramento, California, for, uh, Folsom area. And he met my mom when he opened up for Exodus. So, I mean, it was kind of... Nice destined to play some bass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? uh, but, you know, I started my music career on bass. So it's, it's kind of natural there. Uh, and it was, it was, I was missing that. 
I, I, I started singing for Enslaved by Fear. I had a bunch of offers to play bass uh, from some good friends of mine that I'd known throughout the years and some good bands. And I just, I got sick of seeing great local bands sounding great, killing it on stage, and that singer would just, you know, shy away, you know. And it, <laughs> it, talking, hey guys, so uh, you could, could you, uh, let's, let's get you up front and let's <laughs> rock out, you know. Or, <laughs> no, man, get the fuck up here right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're a front man. Tell me what you want me to do. I'll do it. Yeah. Like, I want, uh, you know, Corey Taylor to me, you know, I, I didn't listen to Screaming Metal too. It's funny. I went from hating Screaming Metal to being an elitist to now I do it both. <laughs> you know, Corey Taylor was my perfect idea of a front man. Yeah. You know, because that's this, the band that got me into the screaming genres and then I progressed to Suffocation and all the brutal shit mm-hmm. from there. But that's how I want so I quit playing bass. I missed music a lot. And then Ben called me and said, Hey, Braxton, I want you to try out. You can sing. Okay. Let's do this. So here we are. Mm-hmm. So playing bass for Violent Victim was, yeah, they had issues with their original bass player. And he was out of the picture. And I'm like, well, I'll fill in for a little bit. And filling in for a little bit became, well, if you guys want me to stay, I'll stay. Yeah. But once you say that I'm staying... I'm a member, and we, we'll do this thing. Yeah. Don't treat me like you're hired, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I still get my ass slapped from time to time, but, you know, them <laughs> soldiers redheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fun, man. I, yeah. I don't I don't miss it when I'm on stage. I can't, I guess I kind of do, but they let me do a little bit of vocals on stage, and then they let me talk shit with the singer in the microphone, so it makes me feel <laughs> all right, you know? Right. <laughs> so we kind of do it. No, no one in Enslaved by Fear talks to, on the microphone with me. And that's not by my choice. I tell them to talk in the microphone. But, you know, a lot of people think that when we get off stage, Tristan and Tony hide. <laughs> and, it, and it's not because they don't like fans or anything and they don't like talking. They don't like socializing. They have so... This... Uh, Nevan or Boos. Yeah. You get some beer in them and they're down. <laughs> but... Uh, sounds like him, kind right? of the Lord. <laughs> Sober, Tristan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tristan goes from the van to the stage, and on stage, he's in your face. He yeah. gets off the stage, and he's a very timid kid. So him and Tony both. Yeah. So uh, they don't talk into the microphone at me. So it's a different dynamic with Violent Victim, so it makes yeah. it fun. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, like, I, th- I like being goofy, but serious at the same time. Yeah. Again, if you're not having fun doing it, what the fuck are you doing? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cool, man. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for hanging out and drinking some beers with me. There you go, Brax from Enslaved by Fear. Thanks to him for taking the time out to talk to us. We went out to his place and, like I said earlier, had a few beers and just a good conversation about what he's had going on, what the band has coming up. So, glad to finally have him on here. Definitely. Yeah, so once again, go check out Enslaved by Fear. Look him up on Facebook. Their music's on Spotify iTunes, all that great stuff. Get American Death Grip. Look for what they've got coming in the future. Check out Violent Victim as well, the other band that he's in. And do yourself a favor. Not only that, look us up. <laughs> TheThunderUnderground.com. Facebook is backslash TheThunderUnderground. Instagram and YouTube are at TheThunderUnderground. You can find all the episodes on YouTube as well. 
but soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground is where they all go first and we've had on guys from if you're into the the heavy stuff like enslaved by fear we've had on guys from crowbar miss may i he is legend battle cross a legion um, death angel overkill megadeth chris broderick formerly of megadeth was on here and then seven dust avatar we get into stuff like kiss oh yeah those guys yeah gene simmons was on here <laughs> and bruce kulik was on here hell yes and then hey if you like to get your your 80s melodic rock on found on guys from europe and great white firehouse trickster warrant all that great stuff bullet boys lillian axe Crozier Conformity, Shooter Jennings, it's just back and forth. Yeah, even though Crozier and Conformity and Shooter Jennings aren't really the 80s melodic rock. I was just like continuing <laughs> on, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I, I was right. drawing a blank. Yes. I or I would have jumped in there. Right. But yeah, so that just shows you, this week we had Brax from Slave by Fear. Last week it was Bill Leverty from Firehouse, so we just kind of ranged the gamut because we like it all. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Got anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, this you, was a you pretty had, good, you, lengthy yeah, one. Yeah, you had a you had quite a, a more active weekend than I did. So, <laughs> right, I'll, I'll probably have more to talk about on the next one. Well, yeah, the next one we'll probably be talking about. I'll mention it again. Yes, because exactly. it's been over an hour since you heard me say it. <laughs> Back to school bash, grind, fist of rage, Southern Dame. Um. Shut <laughs> Sorry, Madewell. Yeah, we forgot We forgot already. Kick Tree. <laughs> Adlas Scorned. Burning Icarus. I think that's a steam shovel. I steam. think that covers it. But $5 at the door or $5 worth of school supplies or more than $5 worth of school yeah. supplies. I mean, this is more. a fundraiser. Yes. Yeah. And it's at, it's at the Shrine. Yeah, which yes. is always a great time. Great venue to see a show. So get out there and check out these kick-ass bands and help this worthy cause put on by Grind. But yeah, we'll talk about that. And then, of course, we've also got an episode coming with all the members of Bible of the Devil. Yes. Which is a kick-ass band out of Chicago that we had a chance to talk to when they came through Tulsa a couple weeks ago. So be looking for that in the next week. But I guess that covers it. Right, that's it. All right. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Thunder Underground, y'all.